This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the court case between Twitter and Elon Musk is not going to play out now for a couple of months, but the back and forth over what might happen with the $44 billion deal for the social platform continues. And for now, the next step in the process appears to be a September vote by shareholders on whether Twitter should accept Musk's original offer. Vincent Bacola is an associate professor of legal studies and business ethics at the Wharton School, and he joins us to take a deeper dive onto the legal side of this entire process. Vincent, great to have you back with us. Thanks for a few moments. Great to talk with you, Dan. Let me start out, I, I guess, with your overall thoughts on, on what has occurred you know, between these, uh, these two entities with uh, Twitter and its leadership and Elon Musk and the impact that it's probably had on both sides at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the big, I mean, I, I don't know what the impacts are so far. I think we're in a lot of ways in a real holding pattern as far as trying to figure out, you know, what ultimately will happen with the, the company. Obviously, there's been some shakeup already inside Twitter, some employees not happy about um, Musk taking over. You know, I, I don't know what the long-term impact of that will be. Um, in a lot of ways, it depends what's going to happen at this trial in October and you know, if if we get to trial, there may be a settlement before then. We'll see. The, the, this the company itself, Twitter, obviously has had kind of an up and down uh, run in terms of you know trying to find uh, a level where it would be a, a you know a good advertising platform uh, for companies. It's struggled to do that at times, but it, it seems like it's also really taken a bit of a hit from kind of the the culture we've had here in the United States over the last few years and, and the feeling that it's kind of a platform where anybody can say anything at any time without a whole lot of repercussions. What kind of impact might that have as we move forward on getting a deal done and, you know, Twitter really finding the, the, the level of platform that it needs to be moving forward? Well, I think the you know, at least in terms of the public statements that must made, um, you know, leading up to and around the time that he got invested in Twitter and then reached this deal, his thesis seemed to be that um, that Twitter should have less content moderation than it currently has. Um, and I, he seemed to think that, that was, there was a business case for that view, but also seemed to suggest that beyond a business case, he was um, personally, maybe politically committed to having a forum that had less content moderation. So I, I'm I'm no expert on sort of what what would maximize the sort of economic value of Twitter as a platform. Um, so I don't think I want to speculate on that. There may be a difference of view. I mean, I will also say that in the I mean, part of what's going on in the background of this case is that um, around the time Musk got invested in Twitter and then ultimately um, reached the deal to buy it, there was a huge sell off in the market. You know, Nasdaq's down 25 percent in a month in the very month that he was buying Twitter. The social media platforms are all way down, so not just not just a Twitter question. Um, uh, so I, you know, I think that the the market's estimate of sort of the value of these platforms, I think, is is a part of what's happening. The other side, I guess, that you also have to look at is potentially what, how this will all impact Tesla, which is a company that obviously in the world of EVs. Uh, is having, you know, has had a, a fairly good run up till now. And whether or not 
some of the moves that Musk has made up till now in terms of trying to acquire or not acquire Twitter could have some sort of blowback on, on Tesla and its leadership and its mindset moving forward. Yeah, there's no question. I think I think when Musk first started suggesting that he might uh, get involved in the management of Twitter, it was one of these thoughts of like, well, you know, how many full-time jobs can the man have? He's CEO of multiple companies, spends a lot of time tweeting in his personal capacity. Is he going to be the CEO of uh, yet another public company? Um, you know, on the other hand, uh, he, you know, he's been he's been pretty extended for a while, and and the Tesla stock price was, you know climbing enormously and the company's been reasonably successful so i you know who knows how to uh, what what that really means and i think it's really pretty hard to disentangle broader market moves that have been happening in the same time period as as musk's overtures with respect to twitter so i it's hard to know sort of what you know the, the tesla stock price is you know way off its peaks on the other hand you know is that is that about the market's view about Musk being distracted by Twitter, or is that just sort of a, um, and a you know part of a broader um, sell-off in the market? Again, I, I I don't know how to pull those things apart. If there is a, a deal and a sale, and Elon Musk does take over Twitter, I guess the expectation is that there would be changes at the top in terms of the leadership of the company on a day-to-day basis. It may be Musk, it may be somebody that uh, that uh, you know he sets up to be the person in that role. And I guess the, the question is also about the path that those individuals, whether it be Musk or another person, would want to take Twitter in kind of this landscape of social media that we have right now. Yeah, I think that I think that's right. I mean, Musk's again his public thesis is was that was or has been that um, that that it's something about the leadership of Twitter that's holding it back from being the kind of uh, platform that he envisions it being. Um, I, now, it's hard to be to disentangle or hard, not disentangle is the right word. It's hard to know from his you know many tweets what exactly he thinks should change specifically in the management of the the business but i think there's no question that at least the way he described his motivation he wanted to get in to shake things up at the top of the company and change the way that that the that the platform is run um you know that its users would sort of experience on a day-to-day basis so there's no question that his 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 reasons for getting involved are about changing things now another question that raises though is what are his reasons for wanting to get out of the deal I mean, one possibility right. is that after having thought a little bit more carefully about what might he might need to do to change things, that either he came to a conclusion that they might not work or that, um, you know, maybe things as they're being run aren't so bad after all. So, I mean, I, right. it's speculation, but um, we just – we really don't know about sort – of, uh, I, I would say that we, we don't know what's going to happen with the deal. We certainly don't know what, if anything, Musk would actually do to change the platform if he, if he in fact – um, is forced to buy the company. So what areas are you most focused on as this plays out over the next several weeks? Well, I would say the to me the most fascinating thing going on um, is the is the stock price, Twitter stock price. So so Musk's contract says that he'll buy the company for fifty four and change per share. That and the and the closing date in the, under the contract is uh, three like three months from now. Uh, 
yet the stock price of Twitter is trading at, I think, I think I saw today it's at 39 or so. Yeah. Yep. So if, you know, what that, I mean, to just do some very simple kind of back of the envelope math, that suggests if you're willing to buy a share now and hold it, if, if you believe that the, the deal will close, that Musk will be forced to close the deal at the contract price, 54 and 20 per share, then yeah. if you buy a share today, that would imply a uh, 260% uh, annual rate of return. And that will be a significant benefit for those that go down that path. Vincent, a uh, pleasure to have you joining us for a few moments. Uh, we will touch base again with you as this develops. Thank you, sir. All the best. Absolutely. Vincent Bicola, Associate Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.